Juddy Talks Season 2, proudly sponsored by Brad the Plug, football shirt and clothing supplier. Check all socials below for all your football and clothing needs. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Juddy Talks the Podcast. We are joined by the most requested guest by a country mile, Mr George Fonzon. Fornley, how are we mate? Thank you mate, thanks for having me on. Nah, no problem at all mate. Um, honestly, the most requested guest so far, me and you talk quite often but I have been saying to you every on my Twitter every day. People are asking for you to come on, mate. So I'm I'm uh, buzzing to get you on. Um, for you, for you who are watching, Forney uh, has been a legend, and he's going to give us a signed shirt to give away to you fans and, and the fans of the show. So make sure to stay tuned for the for the full episode and realise how to how to win that at the very end. Also, we don't normally do this on the podcast, but we've got a special mention, um, Jack Griffiths, who. Is a huge Derby fan. He does a lot of stuff for the Derby County Community Trust. I'm sure that's the name of the the organisation. But I know you're a huge Derby fan, mate. And just as a thank you for all the um, hard work you've done for the podcast, Fawny's agreed to say, send a shirt down to him, mate, and we'll get it signed and, and sent out to you. So top man for that, Fawny. But let's get straight into it, mate. Icebreaker question, putting you on the spot here. Um, if you had a, if you could host a dinner party and could invite any three guests, who would you invite and why? Oh. Give me a heads up, I'd have prepped this. You're absolutely thrown me. <sighs> Let's go. I'd go Kobe. Right. A big fan of Kobe. Bex, I think, because as a kid growing up, he was. Yeah. Love football, he was the man, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and I've got, to, I've got to break it up a bit. I'll go someone. Go someone like Jay Z or something. Yeah. That's a, that's a good shape, by the way. That's a good table. Very masculine table, yeah. Nah, you've, you've, you've caught me out of the blue here. Nah, that's all right. I should have maybe give you a heads up with that one. Um, but <laughs> lockdown for me, how's lockdown been for you? I know you're not currently playing, mate, but um, what was it like for you, of course? It's not been good for everybody, but tell us how it's been for you. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, mate. It's difficult for, for reasons for everyone. Um, and I just found how to keep ourselves occupied. As you know, I've got I've got a little girl that's just turned two, so she keeps me busy most days. Yeah. Um, which is a positive, really. Um, if I didn't have that to keep me occupied, I'd be struggling. I think. Yeah. Uh, but not much, mate. I've been sort of studying a little, you know, turning interest in stocks and crypto and just little things talked by my man here and there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a difficult period for everyone. Yeah, I've I've seen you've I've seen your Instagram. You've been trading in the stocks. I bought some of that um, Dogecoin. Dogecoin's that it? Yeah, I bought some of that. So the old Elon Musk yeah, one. Yeah, mate. So we'll, we'll leave that and see how it goes. But um, I'll need to maybe get some tips off you, mate. Um, but yeah, hopefully the new bull for Wall Street, Mister Forney. Is that what we're saying? I don't know give it a few months <laughs> even bankrupt to that's walk it. Wall Street that's it um, right let's go back to your childhood mate born in, in Chatham growing up how was it for you mate um, who was your childhood team and stuff um, yeah I was born down in Kent um, but I moved fairly early to be fair I moved when I sort of six or seven I moved up to Bedford yep. near Milton Keynes and it was alright mate uh, no complaints I've got two older brothers two younger sisters so we always had, always had a lively household mm. um, we was always playing footy me and my brothers and my dad 
Juventus would play golf. It was such a, it was a sport household. I tried as artist to get one of us to become a pro, and yeah. it was fortunately me. Um, we were always an Arsenal family. Yeah, so I didn't get a choice. That was through my dad, and back then it was a good old days as well with the Invincibles yeah. and that. So it was all. I've been a small fan. I've taken a fair, fair, bit of, um, fair bit of stick last few years, obviously, as you can imagine. But that was all good, mate. We um, had a great childhood. I was always out playing football with my mates. School was good. School fairly early for football, but not in place, mate, really. I was quite quite fortunate. My mum and dad worked hard and gave us all opportunities. And, you know, I've got no real complaints. Yeah. Who was your... Um... Who was your football and idol from that period then? Of course, if being an Arsenal fan, you'd Invincibles. Who was someone that stood out for you? Uh, the obvious one was Thierry. He yeah. was he was a magician, but there was a few in that. We had Bergkamp. Yeah. Vieira, because I, I always played centre mid as mm-hmm. well, so Vieira for me was tank and likes being a glory hunter for a few years. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> um, but no, they had uh, them three were probably the, the best. Matches. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, let's talk about your youth career, mate. Like you said, brought up playing football, uh, always kicking a ball. West Brom, what was that like? How how did that come about as a kid and, and then getting the, the opportunity to kind of go to that academy? And tell us how it came about, mate. I signed for Cambridge United when I was maybe eight or nine, yep. um, which was a centre of excellence. And it was it was a long time ago now, but back then it was, even though you were that young, it kind of, journalism they demanded from you. Mm-hmm was quite intense some make or break in that kind of environment and they actually produced quite a lot of players that went on to be professionals and have careers and I remember I was there was a, a guy called Dan Ashworth who was there at the time mm. um, who's gone on to he went to West Brom worked at the FA he's now at Brighton and he went to West Brom and I was sort of 11 or 12 or 6 months later just called me parents and was like look we'll have him here does he want to come here for me dad and me it was like a yeah, obvious great opportunity yeah. but it was quite a quite a big sacrifice because it was sort of two hours drive each way and I was up there three four times a week but my dad did it um, he would take me after work and would get back at sort of 11pm school the next day yeah. so yeah from the age of 11, 12 mate I went up there it's all Obviously, you go through school, so you're training in the evenings and you go and have uh, a long away away day at the weekend and stuff, but I loved it all um, and until your scholarship age, so sort of school really, 16, 17, but I, I was doing quite well, so I, I got off the professional contracts before I left school, so I knew kind of I was heading into it. Um, so I ended up leaving school a bit early and kind of started because I was travelling such a distance. Yeah, started uh, full time quite early. Um, so I was I was sort of sixteen. I would be full time with the under eighteens and loved it, mate. I always knew. I know everyone harps on about yeah. get your grades and that. And to be fair, from my age group, I think there was only two or three of us that made it. But I always knew myself personally that I, I was going to be one of them. Yeah. 
Um, so I just dived into it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's important, like you said there, you, you, you knew you you were going to be the ones to, who who made it? Do, is it important that you have that mentality as a footballer coming through? And because especially down in England, Scotland, it's, it's probably a lot different because there's only the maybe the, the the top flight teams have the the bigger yeah. kind of youth setups. But obviously, with the amount of youth and, and investment that's in England, especially, um, do you think it was important for it's important for young kids, especially in the English game, to to have that kind of mentality, mate. I think so, yeah. But I, th- I think it's something you've you've either got or you haven't got. I don't think it's something you can learn. Yeah. Um. I I just put all my eggs in one basket because I didn't know any any different. Yeah. Um. My dad had always drummed it into me, and it was all I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um. I never had a plan B. Uh, I know you're supposed to. You're supposed to have plan B, plan C, but. I never did yeah. and I just dived in mate and um, look at some of the other lads that suit and made a career in the game I would say they had the same mentality you can also tell you're around other lads kind of people that are 10% in it they're kind of just yeah. riding it and seeing what happens and I think you're either I think that's either in your DNA or it's not I don't think it's something you can really and teach yeah um, your debut mate um, against Sheffield Wednesday 4-0 I think it was um, you were the yeah. young, youngest player for West Brom at 16 years and 328 days what was first of all what was it like making your debut and, and two like a week and a record to having your debut what's that kind of feeling like and talk us through that especially for your family proud moment definitely mate I um, it was around about the time where I just sort of dabbled with going full time so year 10 at school or something like that and I wasn't with the first team I wasn't training with the reserves or anything I was with the 18s and I remember I've got a call I used to go up on a Friday on a Thursday night sorry Thursday night Friday and then play Saturday essentially um, and I think I remember on a Friday there was like oh me and another kid Sardo Berahino we're, we're both going to travel so it was like buzzing, do you know what I mean? Like completely yeah. unexpected. Um, Mum and that was like, like the moon. Um, but I think West Brom knew they were going to play me because that the gentleman, Dan Ashworth, I told you about, yeah. had phoned me mum and dad without me knowing. was like, listen, come to the game um, over at Hillsborough. I guess they said, look, he'd probably get a few minutes towards the end of the game. So I was travelling and I was just like, I never expected to, even be on the bench. Yeah. Me and Sido were just sort of over the moon to have that experience mm-hmm. all the way down, just making coffees and teas as, as the young lads do. And when you have time to think about it, mate, you just, you're, you're naive at that age. Do you know what I mean? So you're yeah. like, yeah, decent. I'm going to go play some footy. It's a couple of instructions, like, yeah, go play hold in midfield. And I was just running everywhere. Like, like, <laughs> Headless checking. Yeah. I was running everywhere. So it, it was really proud day. My mum and dad was there to see um, good wise I mean it sounds good but it, it doesn't yeah, that would get beaten do you know what I mean records would have to get beaten I think it probably I think it might have actually by Izzy Brown a few years later yeah it was a, it was a proud moment stay with me forever but that uh, it really whet my appetite to go and get some more yeah yeah it makes you hungry mate especially getting an opportunity that young um, let's let's talk about Portsmouth, mate. Um, your first loan move of of quite a few in your in your career, mate. Um, Portsmouth, another another great club, mate. Um, 
again, how, how does that come about and, and what was your thoughts on going there? Portsmouth came about um, Roy Hodgson. We had, we had Roy Hodgson at West Brom at the time and Marco mm-hmm. Appleton, who's now in charge at Lincoln, doing really well. He was the assistant to Roy. Um, and I started to get a couple of chances under Roy. Um a few appearances, a few sub appearances, and I remember we we were playing Arsenal away, and the game was over. We were three 0 down. Um, so Roy chucked me on, and then Appy, as I'm standing to, to go on the pitch, Appy gave me some instructions, and then it was like, look, I'm going to get the Pompey job. Roy been talking, you're going to come and play with me for a couple of months. Uh, it'd be really good for you. So that's how it came about. Well, on the, on the side of the game, and then on the side of the park, he says to you, <laughs> "I'm off, but you're coming with me." The, the, the fourth is the fourth is loading up the numbers, and uh, I'm doing my boots or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, so don't get used to this, mate. You're coming down to fucking bumpy with me." Um, but it was class, mate. That was championship at the top. It was when they had um, Anfra administration, so they yeah. had point deduction and all that stuff. So. Um, down there mate and that was class I went down with Scotty Allen who we had at West Brom mm-hmm. um, and he was a great lad we went down together we just plied up in a hotel mate me, Scotty and Mark Lapton all in the same hotel and it was legend mate it's a lovely place lovely place of the country and I was just playing championship week in week out at 18 I think I was Yeah. we always had nothing to lose because of the point deduction and, and whatnot. so we just went out there and me and Scotty in particular just kind of just dived into it mate uh, at the time of my life it was a really good experience yeah you you called back and I'm sure it was in the gym did you go down in late late the year and you came back early next year that's right isn't it you were only there for like two or three months yeah so I called back um, uh, I'm not sure I think I think West Brom at the time had a had an had an in, had an injury crisis and they brought you back but then I think it was your first game you get played you then get injured yourself yeah yeah, but I can't quite remember. So I, I remember I had two loan spells there, so I got called back. Mm-hmm. I remember how much I played. I featured for the first team a little bit, and then I went back to Portsmouth. Right. I can't quite remember the and outs of how it went down. Um, but yeah, I then went back for a longer spell at Portsmouth towards the end of that season, I think. Yeah. Um, but I can't quite remember the ins and outs of what went on in between them two spells. Oh, mate, losing my memory. Yeah, but uh, then, you, then you, I think, I think when you came back to Portsmouth for the second time, or it must, it was very, early, it was either very late in the Portsmouth when you when you came back, but you get injured yourself. So was that your first injury in football at that time, or did you have any before? Yeah, so it was towards the end of the second spell. I just. I can't remember who we were playing, but I, I completely rolled my ankle, um, uh, ruptured one of my ligaments, I think. So that was it was towards the end of the season. So that was my season done. That was my yeah. first proper injury. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I didn't need any surgery, mm-hmm. um, but that was my first injury, really. Yeah, I was yeah. in crutches. I had to go back to West Brom, and uh, that was my season done at that point. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was it like getting? Obviously, you you a couple of injuries to talk about, and maybe kind of career affecting injuries in, in the future, which we'll move on to, mate. But when you get that first injury, how did that affect you, mate? Um, was it were you kind of worried about it being quite a young player, or or was it just kind of routine? Right, we'll we'll get back to it. Yeah, it didn't really bother me at the time because of how I did it. It was such a such an unlucky thing. Mm-hmm. 
I sort of jumped up and as I jumped, I got nudged and then my ankle rolled as I landed. So I didn't read too much into it. I never, I was never one to get ankle injuries either. Yeah. So I just saw it as an unfortunate incident. That first injury never really left a mark on me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so after that season, mate, um, Peterborough, another loan move, mate. Um, like you said, yeah. you, you enjoyed your time going out alone at Portsmouth and, and mate, nothing to lose, getting getting stuck right in about and getting some more playing time, mate. Was that the same kind of case for Peterborough? You, you, you were looking forward to getting some more some more game time in and, and just cracking on with it, mate? Yeah. Um, after I've been to Portsmouth, I, I was obviously hungry to just... And I think Smith uh, got relegated and, and Peterborough came up, I think, that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Darren Ferguson. Sorry, Alex Ferguson's son. He, he got a good little team together. Um, I went down there and and uh, really enjoyed it. Again, they weren't expected to stay up, but mm. um, we had some good individuals and I was playing week in, week out at, 18, 19 still, so loving it, mate. Um, yeah. I'm sure you, uh, made, sure you made your it, debut there. That like you you got signed, and then I think you played a couple of days later against Ipswich. Like you made your debut straight away, so thrown straight into the thrown straight into the set. Yeah, I got chucked straight in. Yeah, the club didn't have much resources, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know when when a when a team signs someone on loan from a lot of Premier League club etc I think they're always sort of you know supposed to play yeah um, I think that was a case where look I remember Sardo Berahino had gone there as well from West Brom so mm-hmm. there are two of us from West Brom and um, I mean Sardo was performing well for them as well so it worked out it worked out well for everyone yeah definitely mate scored your first, first professional goal from what I believe down there as well Um and a five-four win against Bolton. What was what was it like getting your first goal, mate, uh, under the cards? It's class, mate. I don't I don't get many. I've never had that many, but um, that day was a mad day. I remember we we would always score goals for going forward at Peterborough, but we would we would flood them in at the back for fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing that far forward. I got carried away, mate, and and just managed to slot one in. So that was a great feeling and contributed to the three crucial three points in the end so I was delighted with that one yeah. um, went on to score a couple that was a bit better than that so that doesn't rank in my top three unfortunately yeah <laughs> um, and then we'll move on to getting recalled again I think Steve Clark was the man at the time brought, brought you back up and then like we said thrown straight back into the, the setup again and you got to play against Manchester United talk us through that growing up a football fan what was it like getting to play against the teams like Manchester United and, and what was that like for you? Um, I mean, looking back, it was an unbelievable moment for myself. Um, called back and when you get called back from being on loan, it's usually for a reason. So I knew yeah. intention was to involve me in some way. I, I don't think I was expecting to start, but... Um, the team and I was starting and you don't really have time to think about everything that's going on I mean before you know it you're, you're sat in the changing room and think you're playing against Sam Percy Skulls all that stuff so it's like I loved it mate I, I always found and in the Premier League was a little bit more suited to myself because in the Premier League it's 
more focused on retention, keeping the ball. Yeah. Um, when you lose it, you don't see it for a bit longer mm-hmm. than you do in a championship. Um, so the emphasis is a little bit more on in the ball. But I found that suited me a little bit better. So mm-hmm. particularly Old Trafford, the pitch is massive and one of my strengths was like passing the ball around. So I love that game. I, I think I've done quite well. Um, so you don't really have time in the moment to reality check. Yeah. It's not until after. You maybe get on the bus and you're getting some text through for you on your phone and you just take a big sigh and you're like, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was class. Yeah. Um, brilliant, mate. It was 25,000 people. I was 18, 19 and it's kind of sink or swim, really, and I, yeah. I think I swam. Yeah, love that. I've done all right, mate. Love that. Whose shot did you get that day? Did you manage to nab somebody's shot? I did it, mate. Weirdly enough, I've I've never been one to for someone's shirt unless they're one of my mates. I don't know why, because I've I've got some great shirts in my time. Like Skulls was on the pitch, Rooney, Percy. <clears throat> um. I don't know why. I think I just always felt like a bit embarrassed to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, when it's me mates, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. easy, do you know what I mean? But uh, I'm not, I don't have like a shrine in my house of players, Aye. shirts and stuff. I remember really, was in a box tucked away. So um, I, n- I never got anyone's, if I could go back, I'd get Skulls' shirt, do you know what Aye, I mean? Of course. But, no, I've never, I knew not Arsenal or no one, mate. I never really asked for shirts, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, moving on from, from that, mate, a great experience, obviously, going back and, and getting to play in the Premier League. You said something that more suited you. So, move on to the Watford loan. Um, you were out there in November, uh, late in 2013. Um, tell us about your time there again. Another big, recognisable club, mate. So, you're working your way around at this point. Um, obviously, it's Maybe a bit of pain in the arse, haven't they? Kind of chop and change more or less every season or second season. But what was your time like at Watford? Talk us through that, mate. I really enjoyed Watford. I'd I'd just got back from my ACL, um, my first ACL that mm-hmm. I, I'd got um, while playing for West Brom. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd been out sort of nine, ten months and I was, at, I was itching to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, even leading up to getting fit, I was, I was sort of making sure there was a green that I could go on loan that was in the pipeline. And um, Watford, the season before, I got to the playoff final. Mm-hmm. Everyone probably remembers that the semi final where knockout Mr. Penn and then Troy goes up and scores yeah. and Zola goes mad, all that. So that was that season. So next season, I went there. It was a, the opportunity to go to such a big club mm-hmm. on the back of their successful season. Yeah. Brilliant for me. It's kind of it kind of just fell into place. So I had one of my mates that lived around the corner. He he played for for Arsenal, so I, I just bunked in with him. And Arsenal and Watford's training ground are literally next door. Yeah. Um, it just fell into place, mate. It was perfect. Um, it's a great club as well. Um, unfortunately, looking back now, I think they suffered a bit of a hangover from the playoff season, which does happen. Um, there was one or two personnel changes. Um, I went there under Zola. Uh, he was he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, he used to join in training, and he was he was mental, mate. 
it's going okay. Um, and then we had a sort of sticky patch around Christmas, and he he got the sack. But I only just come back from my ACL. I wasn't. I didn't feel too sharp. I wasn't playing my best football. Yeah. And on top of that, I got the sack, and um, I wanted to try something else in January. So that's when I went back to West Brom, and then obviously Derby were waiting for me in January. Yeah. What What was it like? Um been managed by Zola. I mean, obviously we all know him for being such a legend, but what was his kind of day-to-day? Does he do anything silly or stupid all the time, or is he just a crazy character? He's, he was a very quiet, polite man. Yeah. Going in training, and when he had his boots on, like, it'd just be a wizard. Yeah. No, he'd be like, I don't know, 40, 45 at a time, but I almost think because he was too nice that's probably what hindered him because yeah. he never had it in him to mean after the game and just hammer us I mean um, he didn't have that side to him mm-hmm. it's almost like you'd, you'd you'd almost feel a bit upset because he's sort of devastated and sad yeah. you know what I mean but he, he didn't have it in, us, in him to come in and you know single someone out or anything like that and um, ended up just being the lads that done that. Yeah. Um, you know, Troy was Troy's been the captain for years. So yeah. Troy would sort of take the forefront on that. Um he was a lovely guy, mate. Uh, one of the nicest guys I've come across, but he just didn't have a nasty side to him, which I think unfortunately you need in management sometimes. Yeah, a good a good certainly a good man to learn some football off of though, definitely, mate. Um let's yeah. let us let us move on to the, the one which is which is probably the most Famous part of your career, mate, where, where everybody talks about why you've been requested on here so much is, is Derby County. So, first time when you got you got in loan to, to Derby in, in January 2014, um, like you said, they were waiting for you. T- tell us how that happened. I had both Watford and Derby there for me when I was coming back from my ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, both interested. Um, but Watford had... Watford had made it clearer that wanted me to be one of their main men and Derby were like look yeah we're interested um, and off the back of the previous season us, obviously Watford has that success um, I, I chose Watford at the time but come to January and Derby were still there mm-hmm. um, and they were doing really well under Steve I think they were up into third so it, yeah I was flattering to still have such a championship team for me yep. um, I was still in the mindset of I just wanted to play football so I didn't really want to go back to West Brom and just play reserve football mm-hmm. the odds first team appearance um, I was yeah that was something I wanted to do so I remember um, I had to on a new deal with West Brom before they let me go out and then I went to Derby and um play for a long time to be fair because mm-hmm. I was doing so well yeah. Eustace was doing really well John Eustace in midfield and um, <laughs> um, they was um, they was on fire mate, so I had to be patient for my chance um, and I think it took me sort of like eight weeks in the end to, to get Get my debut against Forest. Yeah, that's that's what we're moving on. Your debut game against against Forest, mate. What five 0 What's first of all? What's it like to play in a yeah. da- What's it like to play in a derby like that? Of course, up in Scotland, we've got like the old firm and like the Lanarkshire derby and the Edinburgh derby. What's it like playing in that Midlands derby, mate? 
Yeah, that derby's class, to be fair. I, I was fortunate enough to play in a couple. So when I was down at Portsmouth, Portsmouth Southampton's quite a big real rivalry. Yeah. Um, and it can get quite feisty. Uh, but then they're not really, they're never in the same league anymore. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, it's more of like a one-off, that one. West Brom didn't have any real fierce rivalries. You've got Wolves, you've got Villa, but there's no real bite to it. Yeah. Um, no real... Yeah, so then Derby and Forest was like the first proper Derby that I got involved in. Yeah. Um, to have sort of like 30,000, 35,000 people, you know, teams are fighting for each other's spots and more often than not we're fighting for playoff places or everything, something's always on the line. I think there was like three years in a row where a manager got sacked off the back of a loss of the Derby, uh, the Derby yeah. yeah. So that first one was class, mate. Uh, but I, I remember specifically, I've been fortunate enough to play in some big games already. I wasn't sort of overwhelmed by Nottingham Forest. Yeah. I, I was more bothered about in my opportunity, taking, yeah. you know, my opportunity, making sure that Steve couldn't drop me. Um, so that's, where I put pressure on myself I wasn't too fussed about you now it's a it's a it's a derby game I've got to turn up here it was yeah. more I've got to turn up so he doesn't drop me yeah uh, but obviously that that day was brilliant um, you know everything went to plan um, be bad on that day yeah love it love it mate um, like I said it was just going to ask you what it's like to play in the, the kind of games but I think I think from a professional aspect, and, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, me, I, I wouldn't know, but I, I think it, it must be important for players to, to always have the the kind of the urge to, to make sure that you, you sort yourself at first. I know football is a team game, but if you, you're you focused on your performance and everything else should tie in together, mate, and especially in derby games, I think some players, when they make their debut or, or, or they play in these big games, is they overcomplicate stuff and they make too many mistakes. Would, would you agree with that, or...? Is that your kind of thought process? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, I think I think sometimes you can just get overwhelmed by mm-hmm. things. Um, went so well for us that season, and the group we had was one really did that. We all just kind of got into the same philosophy, same mindset. Mm-hmm. We was we was a bunch of kids essentially, mate, and yeah. we didn't complicate the game. That's why we were so difficult to play against. We we just passed and moved, passed and moved, and would score. Um, that's why we were so successful that year. It was all young. You didn't, there was no real egos in the team. Yeah, and I just trusted Steve because we saw the success that he was bringing, mm-hmm. following telling us to do we just kind of jumped on the wave mate of Steve McLaren and just what he asked of us and did otherwise no one complicated it I think that's why we were so successful that year yeah do you think do you think Steve McLaren's the best coach you've worked under for you or yeah I mean I'm getting the best out of me yeah yeah Roy Hodgson Roy Hodgson I probably learned the most out of mm-hmm. We would do shape every day, every yep. single day, five days a week. Um, that's why he's so successful at these these teams that are 
West Brom's, your Crystal Palaces, your Fulham's, the teams that are trying to stay up in the Premier League and solidify themselves. It's so successful because it's it's really difficult to break his teams down. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'd, we'd do shape and he would just do second ball, third ball, fourth ball, fifth ball and you just continuously do it every day. So when you get on the pitch, when you're coming off the bench, whether you're not in the squad and you end up on the pitch, you just know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So defensively, positionally, by the age of 19, Roy had shared all that knowledge with me that I, I managed to you know, soak it up like a sponge yeah. to Derby and Steve brought out a sort of defensive flair side of my game. Yeah. Um, so combining the both, it, it kind of gave me the platform to go and be successful. But Steve's coaching was, it's different, it's different times. So West Brom, we were seen as a team trying to survive the Premier League. Derby, we were seen as a team trying to get promoted. Yeah coaching he was doing was about winning games, mm-hmm. scoring, creating chances. Um, uh, look, all all round, Steve is probably the, the best coach I've worked for, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's go on to talk about the, the game against QPR. You said that team were very successful. Talk us through that that game, mate, um, the end of the year. Obviously, it's kind of very well known, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. So. Um. Yeah, it's, it's a mad game. Um, I only ever, we as a team, only ever saw ourselves winning that game. Yep. The momentum we had, the performances, playoff semi against Brighton, all the others leading into it. I don't think we ever felt like we were going to lose that game as a team, as a bunch of players. Um, sometimes football gods just have a different plan, mate. We've, First half was fairly even. Second half, we started to dominate. Mm-hmm. Get a man sent off. Johnny was in one on one, so they got a man sent off, and it was one way traffic from there. Um, nine times out of ten, mate, we win that game. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it was just one of them mad flashes of football that why well, we love and hate the game, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Zamora stuck it in the top bin a half volley in yeah. the 90th minute when they've been they've been running around for the last half hour so that that was devastating mate I mean never I'll never like accept that deserve to win that game yes yeah. deserve to win that day mm-hmm. but that's the way it is sometimes so devastating who knows what would have happened though like, if we got promoted? Yeah, you know, I think I think that was the season Mel took over, mm-hmm. uh, Mel Morris, and he probably would have, you know, pumped quite a lot of money if we'd have got into the Premier League. And who knows what would have happened? But it was an amazing experience. Um, I felt like as a bunch of lads, we we weren't really overwhelmed. I just think that we just fell short on the day through pot luck. Yeah. Um, that was one of my best experiences in football yeah of that course. day the build up everything you know you kind of just get into a mind frame of something like that is literally what you want to be a footballer for do you know what I mean it's yeah. unbelievable yeah 
you've got 90,000 fans, the atmosphere, the lamp from coming on. It will always be one of my best memories, that, because I loved every minute of that game. Yeah, apart from the Bobbies on Wallago, but... Um... Apart from that that minute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so at the end of that kind of season is, is when you kind of get your, your, your full-time deal at, at Derby, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was on, I was on loan and I still had a couple of years on my contract at West Brom. Mm-hmm. Um, me agent had to work hard over the summer and uh, I had to be patient and uh, play the game a little bit at West Brom and we eventually got a permanent move to Derby, yeah. Yeah. So were you buzzing to be back and, and kind of back into that set-up and, and with the lads that you had such a successful season with? Yeah, I was over the moon, mate. That was getting that call, getting the call because it it'd been it dragged on for weeks. And yeah, went from and notoriously difficult to negotiate with, and um, dragged on and on. And it was around about the time West Brom were about to go to America for preseason tour. So I was like, can we get this done? And then I got the call, and it, it was just I was over the moon with that. Yeah. Um, went and signed like a four-year deal or something and it was I just felt at home mate I felt at home at Derby uh, even when I was on loan I felt at home and mm-hmm. to get there and get it done such a such a proud moment for me and brought me like so much joy because I knew for the next at least four years I'm going to be buzzing going into work every day because this is, this is where I want to be mm-hmm. I was buzzing with that one, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was your first game um, against Zenit, um, and then that's that's where you got that kind of injury. So, talk us through. Talk us through, like you said, for the next four years, you, you're you're going to walk smiling and happy. But how did that obviously affect you? We know the kind of long lasting effect that these injuries have had in, in your career. But but talk us through that, mate, from your perspective, and maybe something that we've not heard. I mean, um, we went to Austria. So I think I signed on a Friday. No, I've done my medical on a Friday evening, signed Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Lads had a friendly Saturday morning, so I shot across to the iPro, watched the game. Sunday, we flew out to Austria. Mm-hmm. I remember how early on, maybe midweek, we were playing Zenit. Yeah, it was a Wednesday, four, four um, days after. Four days after. Yeah. Um, we was playing the game and I, I got a dead leg um, and I played on for sort of five minutes and then I sort of just like jarred my knee. Um, played on again five, ten minutes but it just felt funny because uh, it's pre-season. Lads like won't take any risks yep. so I was just like oh, fuck this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off here. I felt alright but I was just like safe and sorry. So I went in and then felt alright uh, Fizzy was like, let's just get a scan just to make sure. Scan come back and was like, you've got a partial tear. Obviously, when I jarred my knee, I did it to a certain extent where it ripped like half of my ACL. You do that, you, you need a surgery. Yep. Um, so I had, to go, I had to go back and get a surgery and that, that one hurt me, to be fair. My first ACL wasn't too devastating. Um it was my first injury so I, I never saw myself as like I'm going to get another one of these when yeah. I've done my first one 
I did got my second one at Derby, I was like, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? I don't need this. Um, but it was a fairly straightforward injury. I had no complications. Already done an ACL rehab, so I knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, so once I come to terms with the fact I, I had that injury, I just got to work and I was back in six months. Um, still at that point, I never really saw that injury as something that would hinder my career because I got back and I got up to speed and uh-huh. kicked on from that point. So um, obviously it was devastating to do that so soon after signing permanently. Uh-huh. Looking back at looking back at your time at, at Derby, mate, and, and the injuries and, and stuff, do you think you, you were just kind of one of the unfortunate ones in football, that, like the ACL? Because... Everybody says an ACL is a career-ending injury. For you, obviously, it affected your career as such, but do you just think that you were just one of the unfortunate ones, mate? Because from my perspective, and, and me not being a Derby fan personally, but knowing about your career and, and getting to know you as a person, it just seemed like you were one of the unfortunate ones with injuries, mate. I think so, mate, yeah. Uh, I'd have injuries. I two ACLs, so... Um, I broke my leg and that came with a lot of complications and I've had sort of countless just little muscle niggles and stuff um, I don't think I've got the body to, to be a footballer yeah. um, I've, got the, I've got the brain I've got the ability but I don't think I've got the body mate do you know what I mean so um, I pushed as hard as I could and my yeah. body just broke down a few times that's all yeah um, but that happens. That happens in football. You've been such stress for your body single day since the age of seven or eight. Mm. I mean, I, I school early, so I went full time a year early. At some point, somewhere in your body's going to give way to something. Yeah. Some lads get more lucky than others. I do think I was just one of the unlucky ones, mate. But. Um, to terms with that now do you know what I mean it's what it is what my body is do you yeah. know what I mean I've tried to fight it for some years tried to do extras in the gym to compensate for maybe where my body might be weak but ultimately you know when you're putting such force so regularly for your body some things can't hold up yeah now like like I said I just feel you're just one of the unfortunate ones mate which is a shame because you obviously showed that what you could do and, and the talent you had mate and the player you were starting to starting to become certainly mate um, let's let's talk about how the kind of the leaving derby was for you mate um, obviously you said you felt at home there um, coming up to the end of your time at derby what was that like for you how do you, how do you find out as a pro that like you're going to be leaving talk us through that bro um, on that period really difficult um, I'd I got back from my broken leg and mentally mentally the broken leg mentally and physically the broken leg like was such a tough challenge mm-hmm. but 15 months I was out I had sort of five six surgeries it had exhausted me mentally and physically um, so I got back from that and horrendous life for the rest of that season obviously but um, and it gave me a new deal 
So like, I done, I done all right when I got back. But because I was coming out of contract, they went and gave me a new deal. <laughs> I was like, look, get back up to speed throughout the season, go hard in the off season, and then where we want to be in the summer. Um, things just kind of went pear shaped, mate. I remember at the end of that season, I got left out under Gary Rowett and um, I thought I'm playing my best football physically I'm not where I'd like to be because mm-hmm. I only got back halfway through that season I've yeah. been out for 15 months so but I look to use this time really get up to speed and then when the, when next season comes I'll be flying um, I got left out towards the end of that season and I uh, I worked really hard in that off season. I came back and it was Lampard and um just fobbed me off, mate, from the get go. So he just actually beat around the bush and he wouldn't be honest with me and um I just switched on there it, it, there was something not right and um he, he fobbed me off a couple of weeks into pre season. Yeah. Um that with a twenty threes. Um, tried to go out on loan to QPR because Steve Steve McLaren had just gone to QPR, yep. uh, but the club club blocked that because they wanted they wanted more money and things were just things weren't into place. Yeah, um, things were being made difficult for me, and um, from that point there, you kind of think on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like what's going on here do you know what I mean it's not what I'd imagined the signs are telling me that it isn't going to work at the minute Mm -hmm. Um, I played a game I ended up with under 23s for six months Um, on loan to Luton Um, for what they were doing really well they, they ended up sort of in the league mate they absolutely stormed the league so yeah. I couldn't really get into the team yeah. which is fair enough do you know what I mean if you're going to win the league you don't have to change the team so I went back and I, uh, Lampard had left and um, Philip Cocker had come in I had it all over again I, I made a big effort to sort of get up to speed and the same things were happening um, just knew from that I knew the Ryan was on the wall from that point Yeah, because uh, it was almost bef- before really had a look at me both managers they kind of their decision so I knew that probably coming from upstairs or whatever um, uh, he, he just said to me look I, I know you're a good player so, but I think you're better off going to play football somewhere else you haven't had a great deal of football here in the last couple of seasons um, obviously I've in the end, I found out it was a, a contract issue. Um, got us to paying my old club uh, fees while I was being left out. But um, really tough period for me, mate, because I I loved that football club. Like I, those were those were the best days of my career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was tough for me to accept. Um, after I left, it was tough for me to accept. Mm-hmm. It took me months to really come to terms with it. Um, I can look back now and 
be fond on memories, but the last couple of seasons there were good for me, yeah. Yeah. So like you said about the whole contract issue thing and obviously messages were coming from upstairs. Do you think that's why maybe Lampard pied you off or do you think it's maybe... or Do you look back at that now and then think, right, maybe that's the reason why or, or do you just think that he, he just didn't have a, a space for you? Or? Uh, yeah, if I'm honest, I think that's the reason why, yeah. If, if taken into consideration of the physical shape I'd come back in mm-hmm. as well I'd, put, I'd come back in early with a fitness coach I'd, I'd I'd ticked every box really that needed to be ticked and for him to have ripped me off so early on into pre-season you think it was a contract thing mate yeah, yeah. there was no there was no real reason otherwise yeah that's me. that's that's I got on me I must admit um, obviously, after that, you you yeah. you kind of you kind of leave Derby. Um, obviously, like you said, you've got fond memories, mate, and and I'll say that as well that that the Derby fans, uh, you know, kind of I've I've got my following is mostly Derby fans through knowing Dwayne and and Jack and and yourself and stuff. That they still all appreciate you, mate, in that club. And and like I said, my Twitter was off the charts when we announced you, mate. It's been the highest um, interaction like we've had so. Um, no, you're still very well respected there, mate. And just sometimes that's just football, mate. And I've learned that getting to interview you guys is, is sometimes it just doesn't work out the fairy tale ending that, that you want it to, mate. But um, hey ho, like we say, it is football, isn't it? I think, I think we've. Yeah, I think. So my the reason I loved Derby so much was a lot to do with the relationship I have with the fans. Because even when I was on loan, they made me feel like through the academy do you know what I mean they made me feel like I was one of their own and ever since the relationship I've had with them has been second to none do you yeah. know what I mean that was a lot of the reason why I wanted to go there and that's a lot of my fond memories and that will always be the case um, I've said previously like, I'm looking forward to just going back and watching watching the lads play as a fan yeah. do you know what I mean and just being back in the stadium but I think on the second note, as you your first couple of years in the game, I think you start to realise as a professional that it's it's more of a business than it is. Of course, game the game that you love. Um, a lot of, a lot of times, things that aren't in your control affects your situation, um, and you quickly do learn that it's it's a business industry and. It's a money-driven industry, um, and it's an opinion, opinion-driven industry. So you kind of have to come to grips fairly early on with factors. Um, that's why when you speak to lads now, you'll probably always hear things that your average football fan would never consider. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's the people upstairs that the money they control things we're kind of just pawns in this game mate, if, if you know what I mean yeah um, like any industry money talks do you know what I mean yep that's it mate no definitely um, Oxford United let's go on to talk about that mate that's I think when me and you kind of kind of started to talk to each other and, and play some college duty and stuff and you had some free time mate um, but what was it like kind of getting back to playing football at Oxford United talk us, talk us through that at the kind of last team you've played with it was 
it was good for me to kind of just the shackles at that time it was shackles to so get the shackles of Derby off me yeah um, I came to an agreement to cancel my contract with, with Derby and given my last couple of years and how difficult they were I actually agreed to play with Oxford for free I said I don't need you to pay me want to enjoy me for six months mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it's been such a and down last couple of seasons mm-hmm. I've almost fell out of love with football yep. I just want to play football and, and play the game that I loved growing up so I said to Oxford I said don't don't pay me a wage I don't I'm not here for wages um, I've almost been difficult at that point because of the injuries I'd had and because of the two seasons where I'm getting left out whatever reasons teams that might have been interested in you are now thinking well it's not worth the risk because I'm sure why he's been left out he might be injured whatever mm-hmm. you know we really like him as a player but it's just not worth the risk you know what I mean paying him when he might not be fit whatever um, Oxford I knew Carl Robinson personally mm-hmm. um, and uh he gave me an opportunity to go down there and it was a good set of lads, young young group and there was a couple of senior lads that I knew from playing against throughout my career and mm-hmm. um, and I went in there in like a senior role because I, I, I was a lot more experienced than a lot of the lads there um, from what I'd done in my career so I kind of enjoyed that aspect sharing some of my experience with them lads Yeah, um, I wasn't playing every week because First of all, I hadn't played for sort of a long time. Um, I had to get up to speed, and it's quite difficult, mate. A player like myself, you know, you chuck me in League One when the ball's getting launched back and forth, and elbows are flying in, and the pitches are like a park. They look good, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like to play football with the ball on the floor yeah. on a nice pitch. Do you know what I mean? Passing it one two touch. So when it's getting bobbled into me, I probably look like a bag of shit. So I had to kind of adjust to that. So I took some time to adjust training-wise um, to get one or two opportunities. And then we played West Ham and I, I dislocated my shoulder against West Ham, uh, which was frustrating. Um, it That period for me was kind of just more mentally about... Yeah and myself from Derby because it had been a, a tough few years there but I enjoyed it um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity I'm still in touch with some of them lads now I Carl every so often he, he lives around the corner so um, yeah mate it was good it was good good experience yeah, definitely mate it seems like it helped you mentally as well and that's what I was going to ask you is it more, more or less just kind of trying to shun off what's happened the past few years and just get back to playing the game that you love mate but You've touched on that yourself, mate. Um, before we head into the the kind of fun stuff, mate, what's your plans for the future? I know you've said you're doing some stocks and stuff for now. Or are you want to go back into football yeah. in any way? Or what's what's your plans? Um, sure, mate, to be honest. I think kind of just having a dabble into everything. I mean, football, I'd like to think I'll get back into football at some point. Um, circumstances wise with the pandemic and everything that's going on yeah. things are difficult I had, to, I had to take some time out anyway because my head was in the bin after the last few years Yeah, my body was in the bin as well so yeah. I, 
for my body, for my head. I just had to take a step back and sort of recharge everything. Mm. Um, with 28, I like to think I've still got, still got some football in me, yeah. But yep. in the meantime, mate, I'm kind of just, as I mentioned to you, finding little interests that I probably didn't have time to previously. Yeah. Um, Especially with the little one as well, mate. Do you know what I mean? You, you're wanting just kind of chill know, out yeah. and don't miss the moments. Because a lot of pros who do have kids, mate, you'll hardly get to see them, mate, especially with travelling away days and something. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying that, mate, as well. And um, We've been in lockdown for almost a year, so the first year she, she was with us, I was on the road a lot. Um, when I was at Luton, I used to have to leave at like half five in the morning and you know, it's been nice this sort of last 10, 12 months to just be with her every day. So yeah. I'm enjoying that. Um, to be honest, mate, with with a few years I have had at Derby, and uh, I'm not I'm not missing it that much at the minute. Yeah, that's the other reason. I'm sure there'll come a point where I am missing it, and I'm clucking to play some football. But at the minute. It finished for me. I'm, I'm not missing that at the minute. And I was at Derby initially, first few years. I had such a feeling of the bond from the fans, the club, how I was respected at the club, how highly regarded I was, the set of lads. Um, and I probably won't find that again at another football club. Um, and that's also partly the reason where. You know, right now I'm not rushing back into just getting a paycheck at a football club because I want to be able to enjoy it when I do it. Um, you know, I, I had a few years of not enjoying it and that made me feel like a bag of shit, mate. So I'm, I, I don't want to rush into another situation where I could end up feeling like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just seeing how it plays out, mate. This season, difficult for everyone yeah. uh, involved. The summer... It'd still be difficult, but you know who knows what the summer brings. You know, hopefully things start to pick up football-wise and get an offer. Uh, I've had a couple of offers, but nothing, nothing, nothing can nothing can motivate you enough to to go out and sacrifice what you uh, the quality time you're spending over the family and stuff, mate. Uh, mate. Nothing appealing enough, and nothing, nothing. Uh, just said motivating enough where I want to dive back into it so if that offer comes I will consider it I'll strongly consider it but I haven't had that offer yet yeah no right mate thank you for opening up about your career mate um, the kind of more serious stuff but let's get into the let's get into the, the fun bit of the podcast mate I've got some quick fire questions for you um, I've also got some fan questions but you've covered quite a lot mate so I think you've probably been through quite a few of these but if there's not we'll go through them as well and then we've got the perfect footballer mate so let's get straight into the quick fire questions now the first one I know you know these two lads very well um, two Premier League footballers so the question is when I say both their names if you had to live with one the rest of your life who would it be? right so Question one: If you tell everyone the rest of your life, who would it be and why? Trent or Ox? I would chamber, but only because Trent is a Trent's a pickiest geezer when it comes to food. Right. He doesn't eat anything, mate. But uh, they've got the same chef, and the chef was telling me that he left like a 
chicken katsu curry, but no sauce. Stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you know I mean? no. He's just... the pickiest geezer. And Chambers, to be fair, will just he'll sit on his phone or he'll sit on COD for hours and they'll just leave you in peace. Plus, Chambers got a nice little golf simulator, so. Yeah, right. Chamber, chamber, chamber is then Trent's in the mud, right? Um, Nike or Adidas? <laughs> uh, Nike. I've always been Nike over Adidas. Yeah. Champions League or World Cup? Uh, World Cup. The little days where there's like four games back to back. I'm real with it. Yeah. Um, goals or assists? Goals. Goals. Win the league or win the domestic cup so you can choose whatever one you would want to be winning. League. League. Um, league. Do you prefer a good tackle or a good pass? Pass. Um, home or away? Home. Home. Um, Call of Duty or FIFA? Call of Duty. VAR, yes or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Messi or Ronaldo? Skeptical, yeah. Messi, Messi or Ronaldo? I've always been a Messi fan. For me. Messi. Sweet, mate. I did a three under the bus with some of them, mate, but um, no, I think you've done quite well there, mate. I think you've done quite well there. Right, go on to the fan questions, mate. Um, some of the fans, like like I told you, mate, the Twitter is just off the charts when, with, with you, mate. So um, we'll, we'll go through some of these. Dream Club to sign for? If you could choose one, um, growing up it would have been Arsenal, but I think uh, every well, when I was a kid, it was Real Madrid, wasn't it? Galacticos, yeah, Nine, Gumfigo, all them boys. What is, uh, I'll say Real Madrid. Yeah, um, what's the proudest moment of your career so far? Um, proudest moment. Probably say, probably say the playoff final with with Derby. I'd say that's my proudest moment. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't work out the way it wanted, but that that was probably my proudest moment. Yep. Um, a player you would love to play alongside. Alongside, um, really like, really like to play alongside Mountie at Derby. I didn't get the opportunity, but mm-hmm. I think if, if him playing sort of in the hole ahead of me. Yeah. Um. I sort of looked for them little reverse passes to the number 10 and stuff I think that had been been enjoyable no that's a dangerous midfield mate um, your favourite goal on your career uh, it, it's Huddersfield half volley at Huddersfield yep next section mate the perfect footballer this is where we see um, you pick one player from every category which best fits they can be retired they can still be playing you can only use the player once, so you can't use them for two categories, all right? And this will make up your perfect footballer. So, first um, category is physicality. Who comes to mind? It's got to be Ronnie, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah technique. Technique. Uh, Stevie G. Yeah. Passing ability. Passing ability. Xavi Alonso. That's a good shout. Left foot. No. Leave no for that. Leno. Um, right foot. Probably have to be Bex for a right foot. Yep. And first touch. 
first touch probably has to be Berbatov do you know it's, I think it's going to become a clean sweep for Berbatov this season I think every guest we've had on so far everyone's saying Berbatov for first touch um, yeah, and a lot of people have said touch, oh mate unbelievable he's he's doing them on I don't know if you've got TikTok mate but he's he's posting them on TikTok all the time trying to like touch down, yeah. a, <laughs> touch down a bottle of water or touch down a, a can of deodorant mate oh he's sublime he's brilliant um, now this one this one you can get to throw your teammates under the bus and since you've had a you've had a career at several clubs, mate, um, and you've been our most requested guest, we will let you um, pick from any club that you're at because you're obviously not com- currently playing football. So any club in your any club in your career, all these lads you can you can throw them under the bus. So out of your time playing, mate, who has the worst fashion sense? Uh. <laughs> worst fashion sense. I think it was Keller Rose at Derby. Yeah, it's a rascal club, mate. Yeah, I heard. I heard about how big, he kind of loved himself. To be honest, <laughs> a big Dutch lad. He comes in with some rascal gear, mate. Yeah. Um. That's. Did, did he not? Problem. Did he not come in? I'm sure. I can't remember. What it was Dwayne or, or Jack who told me the story. He used to come in with a leather, a big long leather jacket and like skinny, skinny jeans on. He's got some rascal club, honestly. That's because he's such a big lad. He's like six four or something. Yeah. He's got like he's like chiselled as well. He just wears a rascal gear, mate. I yeah. don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like European gear or something like that. Got some bad clubber, mate. Yeah. Um, who's the biggest joker? A little rat, Johnny Russell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that some one of the fan questions was how many pranks did you and Johnny Russell play on people, or how many pranks did Johnny Russell play on you? But I left it. Out. I don't know if you could maybe say something or not. For me, mate, it was just Johnny. Johnny was fucking annoying every day. Yeah, he'd come up to you like you'd be in the physio room, face down. He'd just come up to you and just shout in your ear like shit like that. Mate. <laughs> everything, everything, mate. He was just constantly like doing little jokes and pranks. Yeah. Um, who who was always late? Always late. Um, late. There wasn't. No, we never really had anyone that was constantly late. Um, who was getting maybe the most... Andre once or twice. Who? Maybe Andre Wisdom once or twice because yeah. once or twice he travelled in like from where he lives in in Liverpool or Leeds and he got caught in traffic, but he wasn't. Takes my vote, but it's a very harsh vote. Yeah. Um, the longest longest in the shower longest in the shower uh, it's Pierce it was uh, Millwall he was he was in the shower forever <laughs> yeah um, the hardest worker loved it mate don't know why I just loved it hardest worker uh, uh, it would have been Bryce he used to run sort of 12, 13 K just for fun mm-hmm. in games he was the hardest worker yep um, and the most vain vain I'm gonna go on one here. I'm gonna give it to Jeff Hendrick. Yeah. Just cause, to be fair to him, like he's always been chiselled, but fucking hell, you could catch him in the mirror, mate. Yeah. He'd be in the mirror. Yeah. But if if I had a body like him, I'd probably do the same, mate. Yeah, most vain, um, Hendrick. Then and then, yeah, that's that's mostly it for me, mate. Um, like I said, right. I'm buzzing to buzzing to have you on, mate. Um. It's been, it's been a good laugh I'm glad you've opened up about your career mate and and showed a kind of side which which most of us fans don't get to see mate but 
Um, Formerly, you do stream as well on Twitch here and there on the old Call of Duty, so I'll make sure to, to leave your link and stuff down in the description and, and people can go ahead and, and catch you um, on Verdansk and hopefully we can get some more games in soon. Um, but Formerly, like yeah. I said, is giving a shot away to you fans, so we'll get that sorted and I'll have a competition up. The link should probably be in, in the description by the time we get this up. But if you have enjoyed the episode, please like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. One last thing from you for me. Every single guest that we ask on, we ask them to nominate someone who they think would be a good guest on the show and why. So who do you think um, you should try and get on? I think you should go for Scotty Allen. I think he'll have a good story. Yeah. No, definitely, mate. Because he's, he's, he's had a good career. Mm-hmm. I've spoke to him in a while, but he, he was always a good lad. and He's had some ups and downs, but he's always had a good career. Yeah, I think no. have a good story for you, mate. Definitely, mate. Well, I'll try, mate. Maybe a wee bit of help from you on your part, but um, I'll do my best to get him on. But like I said, mate, thank you very much for for spending a wee hour this morning Good with me, me mate. Um, and it's been a pleasure, mate. And like I said, thanks for opening up again and and just being yourself, mate. That's all we ask, and 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 you've been a top man, top man. So I really appreciate it, mate. Have me, guys. Nah, no worries, mate. Thank Good you very man. much. Thank you.